0: are listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit Corin.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by 818 Tequila, delicious and smooth tequila meaning harmony with the earth, 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits Manhasset, New York. 40% alcohol by volume, drink responsibly.
0: Hello, welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Kotema, food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes deep understanding Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every day on your supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, yuran, and izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is a store mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my co-guests. My guest today is Tetsuji Ishigaki, who is a scientist and the president president and CEO of Soy Inc. based in Shizuoka, Japan. The company produces sustainable uh, foods and ingredients using Japanese koji mold. And Tetsuji has a strong mission to help to create a fully sustainable society by providing healthy products. It sounds like a cliche, but what he does is real. His family started a koji manufacturing business in 1739, and with the deepest understanding of the Japanese national mold, koji, Tetsuji has been inventing unique items such as delicious snack bars made with coffee grounds. So today we'll discuss Tetsuji's fascinating family history, what is koji and why it is so unique and powerful to produce sustainable products, fascinating examples of his delicious and sustainable foods like zero-waste coffee syrup, what koji can do beyond making fermented foods and much, much more. But before you start, Japan needs is available on the Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, whichever you listen to, do, and subscribe to Japan needs. And please write to we really appreciate your feedback. Now, let's start a conversation with Tetsuji Ishigaki. Hello, Tetsuji, welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, thank you for inviting me to your wonderful program today. Actually, I've been listening to Japanese for about four years. So I am very honored to be on the cast of this program.
0: Oh wow! I'm so honored that you've been listening to me so so long. So thank you so much. So to get to know you, first of all, uh, where are you from, and what did you do, What did you eat when you grew up?
2: Yes, I I'm from Numazu, Shizuoka Prefecture, Japan. Numazu is about 100 kilometers, about six miles, uh, about six miles and uh, sixty miles west-south of the Tokyo, almost at the foot of the mountain of Fuji and the south in the south, Salugue, which is the deepest bay in the Japan. And as, uh, as I grew up, my mother often cooked me new soybean product developed by my father. So I was forced to try the sample, no question asked. <laughs> and, yeah. First of all, uh, for breakfast, my, I mainly ate the Japanese food like uh, rice and uh, miso soup with soybean products such as natto and tofu, or dried horse mackerel, which is the specialty of my hometown, Numazu. And also, uh, my mother always lined it up with shredded fresh cabbage for each meal. <laughs> and uh, for dinner, I also mainly ate the Japanese food such as sukiyaki and tempura. I surely often ate uh, seafood such as sashimi, grilled, grilled fish, and sushi. And uh, not quite often, my parents took me to the restaurants such as iu kabayaki, which is barbecue, here, uh, sushi, Chinese, Italian, and French. And in recent Japan, it has become quite rude. But when I was a child about 40 to 50 years ago, Japanese parents and uh, school usually have a strict rule for child education. My parents were not also an exception, and I, was, I wasn't allowed to say what I tried or what I about food. So even if I had something that I didn't like on the table sometimes, I always put up with it and ate it. Mm. I not like high, fat, greasy things, but I ate everything else. I love trying something new so i ate everything except pizza foods
0: mm, wow so sounds like you had a perfect japanese style diet and uh <laughs> yeah and uh, obviously it worked your brain grew very healthy and this is my question so you have an impressive educational history and you went to mm. uh tokyo university of marine science for the bachelor's degree advanced to yeah. the masters and the phd at the university of tokyo which is called the harvard of japan and so, what was the focus of your
2: study through your education? Yeah, so, while I was in the undergraduate school, I took a lot of oceanography classes and then wanted to study and research microorganisms. But at that time, there was no laboratory researching marine microorganisms. So, when I was in the third year, that means junior, and I consulted about it with a professor who was talking the class in the physical oceanography, and I, and always talked to me the, after the class. He encouraged me to go on to study marine microorganisms at the Ocean Research Institute, now, which, calls, uh, which is called the Atmosphere and Ocean Research Institute of the University of Tokyo. Now he has already retired, He become, uh, so he became the president of the university just after he retired. And uh, even today, we are still keeping in touch. And uh, at the end of my graduate school, I was measuring the biomass of uh, microorganisms living in the lake near Tokyo. After that, I went to the, I went to the graduate school at the University of Tokyo, and the marine microbiological laboratories are classified as a graduate school of agriculture. Then from the master's course, I started to research the ecology of marine microorganisms and finally obtained a PhD in 1997. The themes of my research was protozoa, now called protists, that is unicellular organisms. They eat bacteria and I measured the distribution of the horizontal and vertical particle in the sea, and uh, I took the video with a high-speed camera under the microscope to analyze the behavior of how they eat bacteria. My laboratory was doing ecological research on plankton, and I often board a research vessel for the observation, as a result, I have a total of about half year of boarding history for five years of the, of the Masters and Doctoral courses. And then is an then, 85-day uh, voyage in the Antarctic Ocean. During that voyage, we pick up the Antarctic iceberg from the sea using the front net, net and drank whiskey rock on the right Antarctic glacier. And uh, the observation was from December to January during the summer in the southern hemisphere, and which where the ice turned to melt. So we basically observed in the midnight sun. But uh, on the way to the observation point, the latitude was still low, and we were passing through an uh, area at night. Fortunately, I was able to see the aurora in the Antarctic Ocean.
0: Mm, wow, that's amazing yeah. <laughs> right. and but you know um the Koji is from the land, so it's funny that you really extensively uh, watched all those more um, not just on the land but beyond that, which where we came from, right so the ocean micro uh, organisms that sounds really interesting I'm, I'm sure it's helping you study yeah. uh, your Koji products right now. So, yeah, and then uh, you also spent two years at the University of South- Southampton um, yes. and uh, as a visiting fellow. So what did you do during this, your stay and um, uh, what did you learn from the experience?
2: Right. um before moving to Southampton, the first year of my postdoc began at the University of Tokyo. But from January 1998, I moved to the University of Southampton as a visiting fellow and stay there for almost two years until February 2000. I studied protist grazing, that is feeding or eating. So during my two years in the UK, I measured the growth efficiency by grazing when the protist called the fragile and uh, eat bacteria. The growth efficiency of grazing is an uh, like an uh, index of how fragile contribute to life support in the number of. Bacteria eat. So now you may have a question: Why did I study protists? So bacteria are considered to be a bath of life from the viewpoint of the evolution, and bacteria ingest or take organic and organic compounds to live. But protists eat other organisms, that is bacteria, for their living. From different point of view, I thought protests were the first to take the action of eating. Actually, I wanted to know the meaning of the action of eating and study the eating behavior of, of protests in graduate school. So I continued to focus on the same Protest in the UK to find out the meaning of eating. During my two years in UK, I couldn't get the answer, but I fell in love with the uh, lifestyle in the UK.
0: Hmm. Right, well, it's interesting, right? Probably you see uh, different things on Earth, right? I see something, but you see bacteria in it. So you're really the expert of bacteria. Um, okay, and uh, your family history is very unique and fascinating. So could you tell us about that?
2: Right, so... Um, my father's parents' houses have been making soy sauce since around 19,000. My father wasn't the eldest son, so he didn't take over the family business, but he studied soy sauce when he was a university student. And after graduating, he taught as an assistant professor and lecturer for about 10 years. As I often heard from my grandmother, when I was small, my ancestor used to the, make the Japanese sake for a very short period before making soy sauce, and even before that, they made a koji. But when a major Japanese TV station interviewed me at the end of the last year, I asked my cousin and the town hall office to know the history of our ancestor correctly. And then for the first time, I knew that koji uh, production started in 1739. So it means that there was a fermentation history of, of about, about 280 years. Although the tradition of making fermented products at my father's parents' homes is over, I am the only member of the family who uh, still keep the tradition of developing and manufacturing fermented products.
0: Mm. Right. So, right. So the, your, your DNA is made of Koji, I guess. Um, yeah. Right. And uh, so now you are the CEO of the family business, now called SOI, uh, S-O-I. And uh, on your website, you, you call nature your doctor. So yeah. what, what do you mean by that? And uh, where did that idea come from? Mm.
2: That is a good question. So before answering that question, I would like to talk about uh, our company and I, and how I learned about fermentation, even though I studied marine microorganisms. So I, our company was founded by my father in March 1984. Soy, S-O-I, comes from soy of soybeans and soy of soy, kufu in Japanese, which means originality and ingenuity in English. When he established a SOI, SOI, it represented a company that makes original product using soybeans. But nowadays, it, it's a company that makes original product on plant-based, not only limited to soybeans. I joined the SOI in February 2000, that is, just came back from the UK, and 22 years have already passed during that time, I've been developing fermented foods all this period and continuing. And uh, from the beginning of the training of the company, my father has given me quite a few words. When I asked him what and how, how I should do it, he always only told me to do it myself whenever I was developing. So I'm self-taught by, my, by reading my books that my father had, what I choose creating to not only food and fermented technology, but management and accounting. And during the first year, I had not made it habit to taste the fermented product, even though I was product, product producing the, the food. But, uh, this was because I used the fluorescent sky and other substances that are uh, poisonous when put in the mouth in previous experiments I have done on my microorganisms, so I could not get rid of my previous thinking during the experiment were that they were poisonous. But from the second year, tasting has become a very natural process. Now, it's much simpler for me to understand, but it took me a while to understand why my father always said to do it myself, The essence of what my father really wanted to say to me was to get used to it rather than learn it and to do it rather than think about it. In fact, on the third year, my father once told me that he didn't want to control my free thinking with the knowledge and wisdom he used to think was common sense. Anyways, I I have run in practice through the trial and error about the developing of fermented sodium and how to make it. bread. He was always telling me to do it myself, but he always checked the aroma of the product every time I made fermented products. Whether it's fermented sodium or bread, he has always been there to guide me. So after all, my father has played management. a management and am mixed goal of Being a mentor, and I owe a lot of my knowledge and wisdom to him. Unfortunately, he he already passed away three years ago. Whether it's uh, fermenting or dealing with the marine organisms, I think the most important thing is dealing with any microorganisms is how to increase only target microorganisms, and whether. You can increase only the target microorganism we will determine the final result in making of foods. And now the answer to the main question. Mm-hmm. Our basic idea is that uh, humans are the part of nature and that the human cannot control it. After all, humans cannot resist the power of nature. In Hippocrates' world, when you move away from nature, you get closer to illness. So we believe that uh, getting closer to nature is the way to the get away from illness and become healthy. Furthermore, there is an idea of the same source of medicine and food in oriental medicine. From that point of view, we believe that the health can be created from the meal we eat every day. That is, bread food be Thai medicine and medicine be Thai food. Now, if you take a closer look at nature, some of the animals living in nature live longer than us in their own way without taking any medicine as humans do. This means that if we look more closely at what is happening and what happened in nature, we can find the answer to our health. Yes, the, the list of nature is both doctor and teacher who guide us to the answer. Such an idea is the true meaning of nature. Is your doctor?
0: Mm, right. Well, um, that is so true, right? Because no, you know more more than anybody else about microorganisms, and we are microorganisms too. So this is no way to separate ourselves from nature because we are definitely part of it. We exchange microorganisms in, you know, for better or worse, and creating this balance of being so yeah it's amazing and your father's wisdom is also get used to what Mm. you're facing and don't think just do it and it's really it (laughs) stay in the nature and it's very um kind of respectful attitude rather than controlling nature so yeah I have to remember those just very very um fascinating idea that your father gave it gave you
2: yeah, I think I think so, yeah.
0: Okay, and uh, so uh, what is your corporate mission and philosophy based on the idea of nature as your doctor?
2: All right, yeah, I believe in the same of the health that we are what we eat. And I want to put it into the practice of Pocrates' idea that if we move away from nature, we will get closer to illness. I realized that uh, nature is your doctor was careful look at uh, what the nature that Pocahontas wanted to As I mentioned earlier, I was able to go to the center of the ocean as far as I could see on the observation voyage. At the time, I was able to actually experience the majesty of nature. Furthermore, I was able to realize that the uh, experience of the violent shaking of storm zone in the Antarctic Ocean does not go against nature. It can be said that uh, having actually experienced the nature of the ocean is the reason why I came in to the, to think that nature is your doctor. Now I believe that we can find a lot of answer and cure when we just look closely and be closer to nature. So befriend nature, not defy it.
0: Right, so Okay, and then uh, well, of course, as a result, your family business has been always naturally sustainable, and uh, but as the CEO of the company, you've been shifting the company's direction beyond um, producing healthy foods, even recycling waste, which're going to talk about later. So what is the source of your inspiration or motivation to try to be so sustainable beyond what just making healthy, sustainable products?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I think making healthy food and recycling waste are based on the same principles. Other living creatures in nature do not basically create waste, just seek their own desires. Even if they make waste, they do it because they can't digest it after eating, but they don't actively create it before eating. But almost before we eat, we discard that. Unpresent and undesired parts, and eat only the delicious part for own, our own desires. So, only we eat, we are actively creating waste. As I mentioned earlier, I have inherited a 280-year traditional fermentation. People who make a traditional Japanese brewed uh, brew product seldom have remaining waste during or post the manufacturing process. Miso, soy sauce, and the Japanese sake, none of which produce waste whatever. There is a squeezed residue in fermenting process, but almost of it is reused. But tofu is an example of Japanese food that is not fermented food, and when making the tofu, the fiber called okara is separated from other substances. Although it has changed recently, some are used by bonus waste when I was small. So, since I was kids, my father often urged me to ask a question: why okara must be created when the tofu is made. The question intended to teach me not to create any waste in the manufacturing process. In other words, pro, um, product development that uses up all of each material. It also means never developing a product that uses only a part of the materials. Also, my grandmother was often told me, if there, there was uh, excess soy sauce in the, my, in the meal, do not throw it away and put, in, uh, put it in salted rice paste uh, paste, which is in, the in Japanese. My father's parents' homes was devoted to Zen Buddhism, so I was taught the Zen philosophy by my parents from an early age. Ingenuity is always required in Zen teaching, and Zen teaching hates the poor treatment of the leaves of all living things. So, all the fermented soybean products that my father developed were made from whole soybeans without foods, and never made made like a okara waste and he was born the minister awards for developing his fermented whole soybeans. not making waste is rooted in the 280 years tradition of fermented product making so making healthy food and recycling waste is the same as the tradition of making fermented products i think i think this is (laughs) this idea
0: Mm. right well, wow. yeah, so um, it's, uh, to me, uh, you know, Japanese people say, uh, you know, there's a God in a grain of rice, so they're like millions of God, and the Japanese way of thinking, no waste, and there's a word also, mottainai, uh, yeah. it's too good to throw away. And I think it's beautiful, because now we are all talking about sustainability, but by nature, and in Japan used to be always poor, like for centuries and centuries from the beginning of the country, majority of the population was poor. So we never wasted anything. And we found eventually, like people now nowadays throw away things, but these are the most delicious parts, like... Um, like, you know, if you go to sushi place, there's a part called the Nakaochi, which is the <laughs> scraped to meat around the bones, right? And that the bone releases all the mummy to the meat and you don't want to throw it out. So that's the best part. And then Japanese people really learned over time out of necessity, um, uh, waste tend to taste better. And, uh, even you mentioned Okara, Okara is, uh, you know, like a byproduct of tofu, but, um, I still remember some uh, places sold okara, uh, flavored with lots of interesting and delicious ingredients like a soy sauce and some meat, And I looked forward to it. So, yeah, there's something we really can learn uh, from your what do you do, how you do it, and in modern applications. So, I'm glad we're doing it so interesting. And uh, your father was amazing. I wish he could have you with, uh, here with you to talk about his philosophies too. So anyway, so uh, we'll take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll dive into why Koji is so useful in producing sustainable foods and how Tetsuji uses Koji to make unique products. So please stay with us. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese ship knives and restaurant supplies. Koin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan-Asian to American, and that is why they are located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Koin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view the exquisitely designed tableware and the wireless natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Koin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information visit koin.com
1: I'm Chava Perivan, co-host of Agave Road Trip on HRN here to talk about 818 Tequila. 818 creates their tequila using traditional methods that a family owned and operate distillery in Jalisco, Mexico. From the blue agave they grow to their recycled glass bottle, 818 emphasizes the Earth's importance in all they do. Their distillery runs on biomass and solar power, which means they don't rely as much on fossil fuels and are able to reduce their carbon footprint. Their labels, corks, and boxes are all certified by the Forest Stewardship Council as coming from sustainability-managed forests. 818 is a proud member of 1% for the Planet, through which they support HRN as well as SACRED, my organization in Jalisco, where together we transform agave byproducts and water waste into adobe bricks that are donated to local infrastructure projects, like a local library in Zapotitlan de Vadillo. Visit drink818.com to learn more about their sustainability efforts and find 818 near you. 818 has been part of so many magical nights for me, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. 818 tequila imported by 818 Spirits, Manhattan, New York. 40% alcohol by volume, drink responsibly. Welcome
0: back. You're listening to Japanese on HRN, on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Akiko Tema. My guest today is Tetuji Ishigaki with a scientist and the president of, and CEO of Soy Inc., based on Shizuoka, Japan. The company produces unique and sustainable food products using Japanese Koji model. So, uh, so let's talk about Koji. So one of the key components of your business uh, is of course Koji. And uh, for listeners who are not familiar with Koji, what is Koji and what is the history of Koji?
2: All right, first of all, Koji is a natural mold of Japan and is very popular in the East Asian food culture. For example, it is indispensable when making miso, soy sauce, Japanese sake, shaoxing wine, black vinegar, tempeh, and so on. Koji is roughly divided into two types. Both are made from grains. One is the uh, disjointed state, which mold growing on each grain. The other is a lump of grain with mold growing on it. The former is called barakoji, and the later is called mochikoji in Japanese. Bara means the separate state. Mochi is Japanese for rice cake, and it means lump in this case. Barakoji mainly uses rice as a substrate. Mold grow on the steam, rice, grains mochi koji also uses cereal at the, its substrate first grind the uh, grain and knead them with water to make the lump, and uh, more go on the lamp without steaming but in general when you say koji in japanese it's just barakoji and anyway. then the, the history of koji is already described in the history book around the 10th century in the in the Japan, and it has already been used before that. Especially in Japan, rice with the mold is the mainstream. And uh, Koji's Chinese character in Japanese contain the word rice. And there is already documented that Rika using Koji, ferment- Koji fermentation was made in China in the second and third centuries BC. And uh, Koji is still used from the beginning of the Oriental food culture. So koji has a long history of use, and uh, koji is also backbone of fermented food in East Asia. Mm.
0: Right. And uh, I found a really funny quote. So one of those uh, written records about use of koji uh, was 8th century in Nara period. And then uh, the wet rice got moldy. And then they used koji to make sake. So that's really, yeah. so you say going back to what's waste, right? So something gets moldy, you wouldn't throw it out. But the koji had a power to recreate something very, very good. And that's uh, turned out to be a Japanese sake. So anyway, so, so koji has been gaining attention from chefs brewmasters and many other people globally right now, uh, thanks to you know, non-Japanese specialists and the great books coming out. So what is so special about koji compared to other microorganisms? Yes,
2: yeah, so technically speaking, it is difficult to understand for the listener. So I hope I can express it as easily as possible. Koji is a, mi- a microorganism that makes a lot of enzymes. Enzyme created by Koji decomposes large molecules, such as starch, into small ones, such as glucose. On the other hand, microorganisms, such as bacteria and yeast, convert one substance into another. Koji breaks down starch into glucose, and based on this, microorganisms, such as bacteria and yeast, make organic acid, like lactic acid, and alcohol but koji also makes lactic acid and uh, cyclic acid from glucose that it it composes.
0: Right, so uh, famously uh, in Japanese sake making, um, people describe it's different from beer because koji can um, break down sugar and then make uh, the starch broke down into sugar and also create a CO2 alcohol. So this complex um, parallel process creates more Uh, flavor components, and then also umami and sweetness Mm -hmm. and those things. So Koji is magical. And I think we need like three hour lecture by you. But uh, (laughs) so we'll save it for the future. So let's talk about um, how you use Koji in your products because you have fascinating ones. So first of all, uh, you have a super sustainable and earth friendly new product called Koreha. C-O-L-E-H-A. So what
2: is it? Ah, uh, yes. A koreha is a chocolate-style sweet made from spent coffee grounds, which I developed and invented. And the Koreha is a sound when Japanese character meaning, this is as pronounced one by one. Currently, we collect the spent coffee grounds from specialty coffee shop. So the type of coffee beans and the depth of roasting are different each time. We don't discriminate against the kind of coffee beans that we process as long as it's spent on the coffee beans. So the spent coffee coffee grounds and different each time, and the aroma and taste after fermentation will come out differently. So it's just like a wine, which has different flavor and taste taste from ear to ear
0: mm, right and then uh so luckily uh you kindly sent me the samples i and uh, so there are three types mainly the ranging from zero percent to 40 percent sugar and a product launched at the cafe uh that you mentioned nearby and uh it's priced around seven dollars i guess its uh, exchange rate is uh changing like crazy nowadays, but uh, it's an amazing bar. And uh, you say that it, it's been regularly sold out. And I understand why cause it's so delicious. So how do you make koreha from uh, the used coffee grounds and how sustainable is the process?
2: I know, yes, uh, koreha is a chocolate sweet made by fermented spent coffee grounds, drying them and then mixing them with cocoa butter. It is common to throw away uh, spent coffee grounds every time you make a coffee. But historically, all coffee beans were eaten before the trade method. Even now, it is eaten as a chocolate with the coffee beans. Anyway, whenever you drink a coffee, you generally waste like a spent coffee grounds. And uh, as I told you before, I make uh, fermented foods. Traditional Japanese food, uh, fermented food to do not any waste in the first place. So I started to wonder why people just threw away the coffee grounds and do not use anything. Actually, I didn't like a coffee until I tried to drink specialty coffee, no, but now I, I like a coffee. I often drink the black tea, Japanese tea, Ulong tea, and so on, because I didn't feel the bitterness of the coffee was delicious. But my wife loves coffee very much. She was throwing away the spent coffee grounds after drinking every time that became unpleasant day day by day. And I began to wonder if I could do something. So now the words spent coffee grounds are synonymous with waste. So we paraphrase it as a coffee base with the meaning of the base of making coffee. From now on, I will use the coffee base instead of spent coffee grounds in the stove. We have originally developed a non-additive food bread bread improver. The bread improver currently on sale is fermented uh, fermented with koji. The product is wicked and is sold only in Japan right now. We are looking for the distributor in the US at first. Our koji is very interesting. It makes a lot of lactic acid. It the effect of an the smell of wheat in bread, reducing the unpleasant aroma, and we have currently purchasing it exclusively, exclusively. As I mentioned, my father told me that I should do it rather than think about it. So when I tried to ferment the coffee based with that koji, chocolate-like flavor came out. Feeling such flavor is the reason for the birth of Koreha. The point of sustainability is that the coffee base is not dried and is made into the paste while still wet. We are developing liquid fermented products. Our DNA has has been making Japanese sake, soy sauce, and other fermented products. So, liquid fermented products are our tradition. So I made the coffee base into the paste and then fermented it. I, did, I added water when making the paste, so I was able to eliminate the extra heat of drying. After fermenting the paste with the koji, it is dried by heating heat and then dried. The heat is used only during this dry process, and this final drying is freeze drying. So carbon dioxide due to heat generation can be reduced as much as possible. In conclusion, Koleha is dried fermented coffee base that is hardened only with koreha, uh, cocoa butter. And another sustainable sustainable point is that what uh, that we could convert everything into food and beverage without throwing away the coffee base. Koleha is the uh, each batch has a slightly different taste, as I told you before. Sustainability doesn't mean the consistency in the flavor because uh, we are not truly in the coffee beans. We process it.
0: Mm, right. So uh, yeah, it's it's great that usually there are products. You know, people think of coffee grounds or. Coffee based in, in your word. Um, people think of recycling and create products like chairs and cups and the furniture, and there's so many different things. But your process is special because you don't have to dry the coffee grounds, which is pretty um, unsustainable. right? You have to, the wet coffee ground, you have to really heat up. But because the koji um, you use needs moisture anyway so there's no um another co2 release by processing it and uh yeah and i have to say so here's my <laughs> tasting note so zero percent sugar tastes like coffee flavored dark chocolate the slight acidity of high quarry coffee and 10 sugar has a fruity milky taste and 40 sugar carries a caramel note and mm-hmm. um i like the thinness and there's a surface that's kind of like crunchy and then it melts inside melts like cream and uh, the coffee taste is pretty intense which is amazing just a coffee ground and it's not like leftover and I think you said that um, when I spoke before the show you said there's a caffeine probably about half a cup of coffee so there is a kick, and maybe in the afternoon when you started, you feel sleepy. You can have a piece of koreha, and you can get some caffeine kick as well as get the great taste of chocolate and coffee. So, yeah, this is an amazing product, and I hope you're gonna start selling it here <laughs> after expanding your production. Um, what do you think? You can't sell it here in the states.
2: Not yet. Uh, I, yeah. I'm trying to sell in the U.S. now, but. Then...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I and,
2: a small, small star there now.
0: <laughs> right, Well, yeah, there you have unlimited uh, supply of coffee grounds, right? I mean, which is coffee base uh, in your, by your definition. But yes, yeah, it's like in the worldwide, anywhere in the world, you can have plenty of great Koleha. and probably depending on which cafe you get the grounds from, uh, you have different. Uh, flavor variations so uh i think the sky yes <laughs> right and uh, so there's another product you use you create based on uh, leftover uh the coffee grounds so that's called the neo coffee so what's neo yeah. coffee
2: The yeah, nail coffee is the based the fermented product from the made from the coffee base and the heat after the course fermentation for example if dissolves the, the nail coffee into two, two 20 grams and the 300 grams of hot milk or hot caramel, you can make a latte or a caramel latte. And as you may have already noticed, you can drink a coffee after drinking. And the new coffee is a conversion of spent coffee grounds that used to be thrown away into something that can be drink, drink again. From now on, all coffee beans will be drunk as a coffee at first. But then, as a neck coffee, the second time or eaten as a koreha, this means that uh, all those coffee beans are edible without wasting.
0: Mm, right. So I I tried a new coffee and uh, I put it um, in uh, the heated macadamia milk. And, you know, like Italian products, like coffee syrup, that's really the intensified version of coffee flavor. And it really worked like that. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the taste too. And, uh, I mean, we're kind of running out of time, but uh, there's another product you you make it's called the Sanacarpe. And uh, sounds very healthy. And uh, I want to try that. So what is Sanacarpe? Sanacarpe.
2: Yes, it is difficult to explain the Sana Sanaka without the extra, actual product and its photos. But it is a non-active bread improver made by Koji fermentation with wheat jam, wheat flour, and rice flour. And it's connected to Sana, S-A-N-A, which means health in the Latin, and Carpe, which means sketch. So it's a product name with the idea of catching health. When uh, sunflower is kneaded into the bread dough, it has the uh, effect of maintaining a moist and fluffy uh, feeling for a few days after baking. Uh, sunflower has an effect of mel- emulsifying, that is, the ability of binding water and oil. But it is food made of natural pro- and materials and has no obvious ability compared to chemical products. Sunflower is not food additive this product is also product that brings you closer to nature, which I mentioned before. You can also drink it uh, like a smoothie as a wheat yogurt.
0: Mm. Right. And it contains lots of uh, uh, the lactic acid and good for your gut. And uh, I it works like a probiotic. So, um, yeah. yeah, I hope... Uh, you, you're gonna bring this product too because if you have um, sanakadbe and you bake bread, it sounds like you can make fluffier, better textured breads. So I wanna try that. So yeah, keep me posted. <laughs> I really wanna buy one. So, okay. So, um, so right now we think of koji as an ingredient of fermented foods and uh, beverage products, but your applications mm-hmm. of koji are very inspiring and eye-opening. I've never seen uh, anything like what you do. So as an inventor of unique Koji products, what do you think is the potential of Koji? What kinds of areas can, you, can Koji be utilized in the future?
2: All right, before answering that question, I'm very honored to hear that. <laughs> anyway, so in the first place, Koji is a kind of mold and uh, it's a microorganism. So it has a longer history than human beings. Generally speaking, when you are here mold, you may think of it as a bad or dirty. Scientifically, it is a microorganism that produces enzymes, decomposes organic matter, and produces sport. Mold that can be used for food are expressed as a koji. I think koji is not just an ingredient for fermented food and beverage. I recognize that the essence of a koji is a microorganism that breaks down into something convenient for humankind. So, that is my consideration of, uh, of potential koji. and uh, The answer on, on area where koji can be used. This time I used koji to reduce the harsh taste and another unpleasant odor uh, found in the coffee, coffee base. The coffee base is not delicious and has been thrown away as a waste. I think the reason that is it's a laugh in the mouth and a harsh, harsh taste the drip method is a very good way to get rid of that roughness in the mouth, but it's also a bad way to create waste. So one of the key, point, uh, key points when I use koji is how to make it tasty and feel the way I want. I think that it's a new way to use koji. Koji works silently and does not claim their rights, but forcing koji to do the job is never desirable. I think... It is important for koji to feel like providing a place where it is easy to work because koji is also a creature for example it has the same feeling as a dog that you keep as a lovely pet <laughs> as, for, yeah, as for what kind of area the area can be can koji be used? another important point to consider is that koji will come up with a different answer depending on the environment which is the temperature? Even when farming with the same species of koji, different temperature can produce a different result. When using koji, I think you should be aware of species selection and farming temperature.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and also um, you know the uh, umami is another element that you know the I think you sent me the data before, so your lab analysis indicates that a coffee paste. For the koeha contains approximately yeah. three times more amino acids than raw coffee meat yeah. so the more umami basically and uh so umami is the the fifth taste uh, sweet salty sour bitter and what i heard is that uh, the umami can enhance good one salty and sweet uh, we like those flavor but uh, it can round out bitterness and the sourness so I think that's why your Korea is so delicious. And also the application of all the things you said, something bad can be tastier because of koji. So I really think we should remember that element. And especially from now um, if we were talking about sustainability, so koji has plenty of room, uh, place to uh, work as a kind of tool for more sustainable mm-hmm. society. So, what you do is very important. That's what I want to say.
2: Um, so that is a very difficult question for me at this moment. So anyway, so I'm very glad to say to you that it was delicious just now.
0: Right. And yeah. So, but um, I'm sure you're going to invent more interesting products. So, what are your plans and dreams?
2: So first I've explained, and, so why, and first of all, we focus on coffee and um, coffee based on development pro, um, pro, on the product from the uh, perspective of sustainable and the SDGs. and many other food waste have been thrown away. I think to drink, I, I like to drink, for example, the, when I'm making beer, beer stem grain, are uh, rarely used and as a food. In the example, I know that in the U.S., you, uh, NYU graduates, have already commercialized the conversion of beer spent grain, grains to food in greater about three years ago, but generally, when processing food waste, drying is the first step. But for us, we always use the method of minimizing the use of heat first, not drying. I will continue to use this process, and my dream is a cycle: all beverage waste into the good foods. And for coffee, I achieved a non. No secondary waste product like Koleha and coffee I mean not only zero waste, but also focusing on pure and 100% authentic zero waste. I would love to achieve my dream all over the world.
0: Mm. Right. Well, there's so many things um, you can do, and uh, we are all waiting for your new inventions. So, and good luck, and hopefully, hopefully, at least you can get uh, Koleha um, more to the world and we really that's educational thing right so why is it so delicious why is it made of and if you taste koreha oh wow coffee grounds are not waste anymore so that's uh, not just a good product but i think it's very um, inspiring product to the world so um, good luck so yeah and where can we find your updates online and on social media
2: Yes, our website in Japanese has been renewed recently, but still under the contraction of the English version. Sorry for that. Please contact us at contact at soijp.com or other social media. Instagram, try searching for App Zero Tech, UP0, uh, number 0, P E T H, which is our product, uh, project name of SDGs and has a registration in the Japan Patent Office or try and search for Sanakarupe, RPE So I appreciate for your listening to, to the, today's talk. And again, thank you for so much for inviting me to your program. Actually, I was a bit nervous at the beginning because I had talked to you in English, but I enjoyed it so much. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I learned a lot from you, and uh, hopefully you can come back and uh, discuss new inventions. So thank you so much, Tetsuji.
2: Thank you very much.
0: All right, so, listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at japanese at network.org or akikotema.com. Japanese is a weekly program and it's always available at network.org as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. Our engineer is Matt Patterson, and thank you for listening. I will see you next week.